0: day. Aren't you glad for that? I had a life-changing experience and I praise the Lord for it. Let's pray now. This is our first Sunday in the new year. I look back over the past year rejoice but I began this new year with an anticipation like I've never had in all the years I have served the Lord and I'm looking forward to all the things God has in store for us and I want us to open our hearts up today and through these services and let the Lord speak to us and let him work in our hearts may He give us all ears to hear what he wants to say to us today and what he wants to speak to us about so let's be open and receptive for all that the Lord has father we love you today and we thank you for the things you've done for us but Lord as we come today we thank you for the promises of your word the things that you tell us you'll do and so Lord we come today with great anticipation of what you're going to do for us based upon the promises of your word open our hearts now to the things you have for us today all through this day would you talk to us all through this day would you speak to us lord i pray today as an individual and as a church that this would be a day that we meet you in a fresh way and today we'll make some decisions for you that will last for eternity So I pray today that you touch this service and may the blessed power of the Holy Spirit be upon everything that is done. We thank you now for all you've done and thank you in advance for what you're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen.
1: For your kindness.
0: Let's turn around. You gonna sing it again? Turn around, and shake hands, and fellowship one with another. Let our visitors know how glad we are to have them. Let's let come forward and receive her offering this morning. And if you are visiting with us, let me encourage you to fill out one of our visitor registration cards. If you were given a bulletin this morning, there is a little tear-off tab in there if you would take that and just fill it out and drop an offering plate. We'd like to send you some information this week about the church and if you didn't get a bulletin, there's some visitor's cards in the back of the pews, but we appreciate all of our visitors and we want to get to know you And so if you'd fill this out for us, we'd appreciate it so much. It's good to have Chris and Nancy Coast with us today. And Chris and Nancy, would you stand, please? And Chris is going to play for us in just a few minutes. Let's welcome them, missionaries in Austria. I really goofed up with Nancy this morning. I come in the lobby, and she had her back turned to me. And she looked. They're expecting their first child. And it's due when, Chris? In the February and she looks just like Angel from the back. And I walked up and put my arm around her and I said to Opa, I said, what do you think about this fat little girl, amen? (laughs) I thought it was Angel, (laughs) I really did. We're gonna have to raise their support, I promise you. It's great to have Chris and Nancy with us this morning and a blessing to have them. Let me just make mention of a couple of things real quickly. We usually don't take time making announcements, but there's a couple of things that I do want to make mention, need to make mention of this morning. Uh, part of our 2000 vision is our leader's banquet, and that is Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And uh, I need you this morning to help me. We need to know exactly how many is going to be here. We've got to turn a number in tomorrow, and uh, we're having the meal catered and everything like that, so none of our folks have to worry about it have any responsibilities for it we want you to be able to come and the Lord to speak to your hearts but if you are a leader and this involves all of our deacons our mission committee if you're on any committees uh, teachers uh, department heads uh, if you are a leader in any area like that then we want you to come to the banquet it's not it's no charge to you we're providing everything for it's going to be a very very special night as uh, we get ready for this year and as I I share my heart with you and the things we're going to do. Brother Eddie Goddard will be our special guest that night, and then Brother Eddie will be with us next Sunday for Commitment Sunday. Next Sunday is going to be a very special day as we make commitments about what we're going to be doing in the coming days and throughout the next year. But if you are a leader in any of these areas here, I want you to take your tab in your bulletin there. If you've ever looked at it, there's a lot of things there that we use to gather information from you. And there's one little place there that says sign up. I just want you to check that and write down your name and turn it in the offering plate or as you go out this morning, put it in one of the ministry boxes. And when I mentioned the ministry boxes, these are the little black mailboxes that you find in different uh, places. There's one in the back. There's one as you go out this door. There's one in the lobby. But uh, we want you to be here. And uh, if you are married, you're welcome to bring your spouse. We just need to get account of how many is going to be we're going to have a great time good music and you'll enjoy brother eddie and a lot of things it's going to be an annual thing that we do every year to kick off a new year to share our vision and to catch the vision of what we feel like god is wanting to do in the coming year but i do need you to help us in that area so just rip off that tab there that little tag there drop an offering plate write your name down who's going to be with you and i'd appreciate it so much and then our regular deacons meeting is scheduled at 5 30 i want to meet the deacons at five o'clock as i share with them things for the coming year so you meet me just a little bit early i need a little bit more time with you tonight let's pray and i want you to give and let me encourage you now as we start a new year to be faithful in your giving and to give to god and and to be faithful in your giving through the year and uh uh, just all the things we do and all the things we want to do, it all depends upon your giving. And I thank the Lord for this past year and how much we were able to do. And I'm excited about the coming year and what we're going to be able to do. But it all depends upon you giving to the Lord. I never know who gives and who doesn't give. The only ones that I know who give are the deacons. And I don't know what they give. I never ask. Uh, who gives uh, what they give or whatever when it comes we ask that our deacons tithe Uh, we will not let anybody serve as a deacon here that's not a tither and I believe that's a Bible mandate and uh, but uh, when I check I just has asked the secretary I said just check do they tithe I don't ask for an amount whatever so I have no idea what you give and I have no idea who gives and I have never known I never will know but uh, I want to encourage you in your giving. And I say this, and I don't say this to uh, uh, point at me or anything like that, but I say this to let you know that I never ask anything from you that I don't do it myself. And uh, I have no problem with giving. Last year, and uh, I gave 21% of every dollar this church gives to me. I put it back into the work of God. And I've tried for the past several years to increase my giving Every year, and my goal is, and I start out today and will do today. I've given 25% of everything this church gives me to give it back to God and put it in the work of God. I do not say that so you'll think I'm a great giver. I listen, I learned a long time ago I don't have any trouble with giving, it's a joy to give to God, and I get excited to be able to give. And when I wrote my check out this morning, I just wept and thanked God for all of his blessings. But I want to encourage you to give and to be faithful in your giving and give to God. And some of you need to learn the joy of giving to the Lord. And if you ever started giving, some of you say, I can't afford to tithe. Listen to me carefully. You can't afford not to tithe. And if some of you learned to tithe and give to God, you'd be amazed at what God would do for you. So let me encourage you now, as you begin this new year to make commitments and one of the things that will be a priority of your life is that every week, God is going to get what is His and what He deserves and give it to the Lord. And I know the, the Lord will bless you for it. Someone gave us a gift this morning of $1,000 to put into the Hamilton County Scholarship Fund. And I thank the Lord for those that give and the generosity of so many others. And you just give and God will bless you for it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For the joy just being able to serve you and the joy of being able to worship you in many different ways. Worship you through our giving. Worship you through our service. Uh, worship you through our lips. So many ways in which we can honor and glorify you. We ask you now to bless the offering and I pray you'll meet every need we have to do the work that you've put in our hearts to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>
1: the strength you give to simply carry on through life's tolls and tests in the worst and best I'm not ever left alone always right beside me you hear me when I pray since I first began you've been my dearest friend I give you Everything's going wrong. Even on that mountain, His loving presence makes me strong. Each and every moment of each and every
2: day, I'm gonna sing and shout. Don't let the rocks cry. I'll give you all the praise. We're gonna sing.
3: about that land beyond the blue of the place that Jesus promised that he's fixed for me and you and I've heard a lot of people talk about So I made a little list of things that I For the address of my mansion in the sky, then I'll stand upon the curbstone along the shining street of gold, and I'll look my mansion over.
2: Or she often pray.
4: To watch my blessed Savior as He takes and breaks the bread. And I want to see the light that shines upon His blessed face as He lives. No stay facing. Crystal flowing river with the ransomed, I will sing and forever and forever. Said, Lord, I see.
0: Praise the Lord for that wonderful truth. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Chronicles 4. J.C., you fellas sung a song the other night, the quartet. Are y'all four here? Come up here and sing it for me, that Swing Low song. Come up here. Come on, fellas. I slipped up to Atlinburg Wednesday night to be with the youth. They were in their retreat up there, and uh, these fellas sung a song, and they, in fact, they did a couple of songs, and we'll spring the other one on you tonight. But uh, they pretty well took over and did all the music. And I thought, if they can get up there, and sing they're going to do it here amen <laughs> now i want you fellas to forget all about this deadhead sunday morning crowd this old foggy crowd and i want you to rear back and sing it like you did it the other night all right yeah. let it rip
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well
1: i look to? So What it I see Ooh. Coming for to Carry me home I saw a band Stop and let me ride Swing down, Terry, stop and let me ride Rock me, Lord, rock me, Lord Slow and easy so that I got a home on the other side well, if you get there before I do
0: Coming for to carry me home
1: I'm coming home soon Coming forward to carry me home Why don't you Swing down, cherry stop and let me ride Swing down, cherry stop and let me ride Rock me, Lord, rock me, Lord Slow and easy so that I got a home on the other side Well see Jesus gonna sing and shout, coming forward to carry me home. I'm gonna lift my hands, not let the rocks cry out, coming for to carry me home. Why don't you? Swing down, cherry stopping, let me ride. Swing down, cherry stopping, Let me ride, rock me, Lord, rock me, Lord, slow and easy so that I got home on the other side. Now when I get to heaven, gonna see my Lord coming forth to carry me home. I'm gonna be with my Jesus and live forevermore. Coming for to carry me home. Why don't you uh, swing down chariot stopping? Let me ride. Swing down chariot
2: stopping?
1: Let me ride. Rock me, Lord, rock me, Lord. So and easy, so that I got home on the other side. You know that I.
0: I got hope. If all you old fogies won't do it, we got a bunch coming along that will. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bible to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 4. Isn't it great to be able to go to a reverent house of worship on Sunday morning? <laughs> Honest, I'm gonna say this. If that's the way you like to worship, you'd have a good time in a cemetery. I want to go to church and celebrate what I have in Jesus Christ. Last Sunday night, I shared with you a message entitled, The Importance of a Vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And we looked at that word, perish. It is a word that literally describes... The dismissing of something or something being loosed it would be reflective of backwards and it is so critical that a church have a vision because if we do not have a vision we go backwards I hope you understand that it is critical that we have a vision it is absolutely essential to have a vision because if we do not go do not have a vision we will perish or go backwards and so last Sunday night I shared with you a few thoughts about how critical how important it is to have a vision tonight I'm going to share with you my vision for Temple Baptist Church and I'm going to give you some things some things I shared with our folks on Wednesday night at the beginning of 1999 but I want to share to the bigger part of you so many of you are in ministry on Wednesday night and different things so I'm going to share again tonight and a few other things on my vision for this church. But this morning, I want us to look at a man that personifies to me what a vision is all about. It is a man that personifies to me what my vision is and what I want us to be and to do as a church. I want you to stand as we honor the reading of God's Word, <coughs> looking at First Chronicles chapter 4, in verse 9 and 10. And I want us to think this morning on this thought I want to be a Jabez for Jesus. I want to be a Jabez for Jesus. Look at 1 Chronicles 4 and verse 9. These are two great verses. Let me share them with you. Verse 9, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me and God granted him that which he requested thank you, you may be seated I want us to look today at this passage and again it personifies to me name as we have gathered here our hearts have been blessed our hearts have been stirred as you have blessed us and met with us and magnified the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we thank you Lord for the way you've warmed our hearts and we ask you Lord to continue to open our hearts to what you have for us today thank you for this scripture that we have just read I pray today that you would take the truth of what we have just read and put it into our hearts I pray that you would work it into our hearts today and stir us to be What we see demonstrated in the life of this man help us Lord to get the vision of what you have for us help us Lord to get the vision of what you want to do for us help us this morning to get the vision of what we can be for you and I pray that you'll take this man by the name of Jabez and use this inspiring life to inspire us this morning give us a word now from you let us hear from you and we'll thank you and praise you for it is in Jesus name we pray and ask these things Amen. I must confess to you this morning that when you read the book of 1 Chronicles, that the first nine chapters of the book are not very exciting reading. In fact, the first nine chapters have to do with genealogy, and there are more than 500 names that are given to us here. And it's almost like reading through a Hebrew telephone book. And as you read through all these names, half of them you don't have any idea who they are, And if you're like me, you don't know how to pronounce half of them, so the first nine chapters can be very, very dull reading. But when you come to verse 9 and 10, you read of a man but the name of Jabez. And Jabez is one of those fellows that stirs us to do our best. He's one of those fellows that stirs us to be our best and to give our best for God. Someone has said that in every one of us, there are three persons. There is the person that you are right now. There is the person that you could be for evil if you let Satan control your life. And there is the person that you could be for God if you let God rule your life. Can I say it again? And every one of us in this room today, there are three people. There is the person that we are right now. There's the person we could be if we let sin uh, rule and reign in our life. And there's the person that we could be for God If we would submit our life to God and let God rule and reign in our life. Jabez is one of those fellows that demonstrates for us what we could be for God if we let the Lord be Lord of our life. And he demonstrates for us what our life could be and what we could do for God if we would simply let the Lord be in charge. What I see in Jabez, I want to see in my life. And what I see in Jabez, I want to see in this church. So I want us to look today at this fascinating passage and this inspiring passage from the Word of God, and I want to set before you three simple things, and I want us to glean some things from this morning about being a Jabez for the Lord. Now, the first thing that I want to draw your attention to is simply the person of Jabez, the person of Jabez. You see, there's very little that we know about Jabez. We don't know where he was born. We don't know where Jabez lived. We don't know where Jabez died. We don't know if Jabez came from a poor family. We don't know if Jabez came from Jabez came from a prominent family. Well, we know very very little about him. About all that we know about Jabez is what his name reveals and what his life shows. For example, let me point out a couple of things here. For one thing, notice his name. And you look at the name of Jabez that is so suggestive. You look in verse 9. The Bible said that his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Now, when I think of Bible names, I think of several Bible names that are very popular and giving to our children. But there are some Bible names that I definitely would not give to a child. I would not name my girl Jezebel. And I would not name my boy Judas. Nobody names their children Jezebel, and nobody names their children Judas. I would add Jabez to that list. That's not a name that I would give to any of my children. Do you know what the name Jabez means? It literally means to be grieved. It means to be sorrowful. It means pain, P-A-I-N, not P-A-I-N-E or P-A-Y-N-E, but P-A-N. Now let me ask you something this morning. How would you like to be named pain? How would you like for that to be your name? I've known a lot of people that deserve the name, but I would not want to have the name. But how would you like for your mama to name you Pain? You go to school, Pain. how are you doing? You go to work, Pain. how are you doing? His mother named him Pain. His mother named him Sorrowful. His mother named him Jabez. Now the text tells us that she named him Jabez because she bore him in sorrow. Now we don't know what sorrow it was that caused her to give him such a name we don't know very little about him, and again, we don't know what it was and what the saw is referred to here, and for, the, for her to name him Jabez. There have been many things that have been suggested. Since his mother named him, it is very possible that his father was dead. In those days, in Bible days, the father usually named the child. So it's very possible that his father was dead. It died sometime during his mother's pregnancy. And when he was born, his mother named him Jabez because he would have to grow up in life without a father. Some have suggested, and many I've found, suggested that his brothers had stolen his inheritance. And his mother named him Jabez because she was grieving over the impoverished life that he would have to grow up in, that which would have been his, he would never enjoy. And so she named him Jabez because of the poverty in which he would have to live. Others have suggested that his mother grieved over the barren environment in which he would have to grow up in. It was a very spiritual, spiritually desolate hour. And his mother grieved over the fact that she would have to bring a boy up in the kind of environment that he was going to have to come up in. It is very possible that she named him Jabez because she had such a difficult time giving birth to him. Maybe he was a breech baby, I don't know. But it is possible that she named him Jabez because she had so much trouble bringing him into this world. But most would seem to suggest that she named him Jabez because of some kind of handicap in his life. Clovis Chapel said that his name was a handicap if there was nothing else. She named him Jabez, pain, sorrow. We don't know the reason why, but it would appear that Jabez, all through his life, had some kind of a handicap. And all through the life of Jabez, there was a burden that he would have to carry. That was the name of Jabez that is so suggestive. But there's something else about Jabez I point out, and that is not only his name, but his nature. There is his name that is so suggestive, but there is the nature of Jabez that is so stirring. Again, we know very little about Jabez, But even though we know little about Jabez, what we do know tells us that Jabez was an achiever in spite of whatever his handicap was. Jabez, whatever the burden was in life that he carried, whatever he was named pain, whatever the reason was, Jabez was an achiever. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Now listen to me carefully this morning. It is very possible that there are some of you in this room today That feel you can never be used of God. And you feel like you can never do anything for God. And you feel like you can never be anything special for God. And you feel that way because you feel that you don't have any particular talent. And you feel like you don't have any particular skill. And you feel like that you come up short in the category of abilities. And you feel that you don't measure up to others. And therefore you think that you could never do anything for God and you think you could never be anything for God, and you think that you can never be anything special for God or do anything special for God, and that God could never do anything special with you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad Jabez didn't feel that way. For whatever Jabez, whatever his handicap was, you find him being used of God and used of God in a very unique way. You don't find Jabez saying, well, I'm not qualified You don't have Jabez saying, I don't have the ability. Brother Ken or preacher, I would, but preacher, I am so unworthy. I don't have this skill. I don't have that talent. No, whatever his handicap was, Jabez was used of God. And you may not be able to sing. Now listen to me this morning. You may not be able to sing like so-and-so. And And you may not be able to teach like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. And there may be many things that other people do that you're not able to do. But I want you to know this morning that you can be used of God and you can do something for God and you can be special for God and God can do something special with you. I don't care how limited you may think you are, you can be a Jabez for Christ. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a Jabez for the Lord. Amen? That's the person of Jabez. But there's a second thing that I want you to look at and here's what I really want to focus on this morning. Not only the person of Jabez... But there is the prominence of Jabez. For you notice again in verse 9, the first part of verse 9. Not only do we learn that his mother named him Pain, Sarah, but verse 9, the beginning says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Look at that statement again. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Now his name may have been Pain, but God gave him the name of the right Honorable Jabez for God said of Jabez that he was more honorable than his brother now What did the Bible mean when it spoke of Jabez as being honorable notice two things one? I think of the blessed life of Jabez You see the word honorable there. I want you to put a circle around it for just a moment The word honorable that is used there was a word in those days that was used both in a negative and in a positive way And sometimes the Bible takes words that were used in a negative way and uses them in a positive way and you find this word here used both in a positive and a negative way and God even takes the negative and uses it in a positive way in Jabez's life for example the word honorable when it was used in a positive way spoke of that which was numerous it spoke of that which was rich it spoke of prosperity And when the Bible spoke of Jabez as being honorable it was saying that Jabez had been prospered by God or to put it another way the ideal is that Jabez had been blessed of God Jabez wanted to be blessed of God he wanted to be be blessed of God indeed and God blessed the life of Jabez now listen to me carefully here is one of the reasons why every one of us should want to be a Jabez for the Lord and that is that we might be blessed of God. How many of you want to be blessed to the Lord? I don't know about you, but I want to be a Jabez for Jesus. I want the blessings of God on my life. I used to hear people years ago in the mountains I grew up in, they would testify, and I remember hearing people say occasionally, oh, and they would say it is an act of humility, but they would say, I just want crumbs from the master's table. May I say, that's why we got so many crummy Christians. Say amen right there. You see, God is not wanting to give us crumbs from the master's table, but he wants to open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing. God wants to bless me. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless this church. He was honored by God. He was made rich by the blessings of God. But the word used in a positive way spoke of that which was numerous and rich or prosperous. But when the word was used in a negative way, it meant to be heavy. Now, I know a lot of people that are more honorable than their brethren. Say amen right there. But when he used it here to speak of being heavy, the ideal is that God not only blessed Jabez, but may I put it this way, but he heavily blessed Jabez. The same ideal is found in Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed to be the Lord God who daily loadeth us with benefits. And the word loadeth that is used there is a word that was used in a negative way. It spoke about bearing a heavy burden. But God was not using it in a negative sense. He was not talking about loading us with heavy burdens. He was talking about how every day he loads us with heavy blessings. He's saying to us that every day of our life, God loads us down. And what he was saying to Jabez was not only was he blessed of God, But he was wonderfully blessed of God. Blessed more than his brethren. Blessed more than anybody else. He was heavily blessed for the Lord. Many of you remember that old Brill cream commercial a number of years ago. Do you remember that? Just a dab would do. I don't want to be a Brill cream Christian. Amen? I want God to load me with blessings. And Jabez said, Lord, I may not have the ability that anybody else has, but I want to be blessed. And he was blessed of God. But look at something else, not only do you see that his was a blessed life, but second of all, his was a better life. For notice, not only was it just a matter that he was honorable, but notice carefully that he was more honorable than his brethren. I said a moment ago there were 500 names in these first chapters and I'm sure if we knew who every one of these 500 people are, we would find that there are some great people in among these 500 Danes. and I'm sure as we went through these 500 Danes, we would find that there are some that are greater than others but Jabez was the greatest I'm sure there are some in this chapters in these chapters here that are better than others but Jabez was the best of the best the Bible said that Jabez was blessed of God more than anybody else that Jabez did more than anybody else that Jabez became more than all of his brethren that Jabez received more than all of his brethren Jabez was more honorable than his brethren you know what God was saying about Jabez now listen to me this morning. are you with me now say man you know what God was saying about Jabez he was simply saying Jabez was not your average Christian he was saying that Jabez was not ordinary but Jabez was extraordinary he was not your average, everyday child of God. Now, you listen to me. The simple truth is most Christians are average Christians. I want to say it again. Most believers are average Christians. The church, any church you go to, this church or any other church you go to, is full of average Christians. Now, you say, Brother Ken, what do you mean when you talk about an average Christian? You know what an average Christian is? An average Christian will come to church on Sunday morning, but they'll lay out on Sunday night, and they'll lay out on Wednesday night, and they'll lay out during special services, and they'll lay out during revival meetings. And not only that, but the average Christian does not think anything about laying out on Sunday morning and heading to the mountains or heading to the beach. Can I get an amen right there? Stay with me right now. The average Christian doesn't think anything in the world about missing the house of God. The average Christian... Don't, you don't, you, you'll never get an average Christian stirred up or fired up about the things of God. Now you can get them worked up. They'll get worked up if the PA system's too loud. They'll get worked up if the PA system's too low. They'll get worked up if the building's too hot. They'll get worked up if the building's too cool. They'll get worked up if the preacher's too long. They'll get worked up if the preacher's too loud. They'll get worked up if the preacher is too hard. They'll get worked up if things don't go the way they think it ought to go. They'll get worked up, but the average believer, you'll never get stirred up, and you'll never get the average believer fired up. I'm talking about an average Christian. Stay, stay with me now. You want what an average Christian is? I'm, listen, this, this is, someone the other night said, What are you preaching on Sunday? I said, It's the first Sunday of the year. It's my barn-burning service. Amen? So I want you to stay with me. You want what an average Christian is? An average Christian will drop a 10 or a 20 in the offering plate and grin like they have really done something special for God. And I thought, I was thinking the other day, you, the average Christian, here you've got a wife, let's say a husband makes $300. And the wife makes $200. And I'm not very good in math. Math, I fail in about every category you can think of. I'm not good in math, but I think when you add three and two, you come up with $500. Is that not right? $500 and they both make $500 together and come to church on Sunday and drop in a check for $25 and think they'd give. You haven't give, you've robbed God. You've disobeyed God because you never give until, first of all, you start with 10%. Now, if you really want to choke an average Christian, talk to them about giving a tenth of their income to God. And if you really want to strangle them, I mean, if you really want to knock them for a loop, then start talking to them about not only giving at least a tenth of their income, but learning to give scripturally by giving a tenth and an offering to God. But an average Christian, they don't like this matter of tithing. You know, I found out something about giving and preaching on giving, that the only people who ever get mad about the preacher for talking about giving are the people who don't give. I have found that to be truth of the year. Anybody that has learned to give, they don't mind preaching about giving. They love it. It is the people that don't give and have a guilty conscience that don't like for a preacher to talk about giving. But an average Christian, he won't give a tenth of his income to God. The bottom line is you can't get an average Christian to work. You can't give an average Christian to pray. You can't get an average Christian to give. You can't get an average Christian to serve. You can't get an average Christian to witness. You can't get an average Christian to sacrifice. And our churches are full of average believers. But may I go further and say that not only are our churches full of average Christians, but our world is full of average churches. The average church is content to have three services a week. And if someone gets saved, then good. But if not, we don't really care. The average church is satisfied to be what they are, to do what they're doing, and to stay where they're at. The average church doesn't want to change. The average church doesn't want to believe God. The average church doesn't want to climb higher. The average church doesn't want to move on, move out, or move up the average preacher says we can't the average deacon board says we won't and the average church says you better not i want to listen this morning i believe now listen to me i believe that god is sick of average christians and that god is sick of average churches you read in the book of revelation that he said of the church of laodicea He said to the lukewarm church there, and the word lukewarm speaks of that which is neither hot or cold. You're neither fired up, you're neither dead. You're just average. And God said of that average church at Laodicea there, I will spew thee out of my mouth. God is sick of average Christians, and God is sick of average churches. What God wants us to be is a Jabez for Christ and what Jade god wants us to be as a church is a Jabez for jesus he's looking for individuals that arise above the ordinary and be extraordinary he's looking for churches that will rise above the ordinary and be extraordinary god is wanting people who will pray more than the average christian who will work harder than the average christian Who will give more than the average Christian? Who will sacrifice more than the average Christian? Who will want more than the average Christian? What God is looking for is for people, believers, saved people that will simply be more than just the average. God's not looking for bananas, just one of the bunch. God is looking for somebody that will be different, somebody that will be a Jabez, that will be more honorable than his brethren, that won't live in the ordinary, and won't be average but they'll say by the help and the grace of God I'm not going to be an average Christian I'm not going to be an average church God is looking for churches that'll bust out of the mold of business as usual God is looking for churches that dream bigger and greater dreams God is looking for churches that attempt bigger and greater things God is looking for churches that'll get out their laurels and realize that there's a world going to hell and there's a work to be done and rise to the challenge I'm talking about being more than ordinary being more than average instead of Jabez that he was not the normal or ordinary he was more honorable than his brethren can I get an amen don't die on me now stay with me I'm not through but you want to be an average person? Not me. I want to be a Jabez for Jesus. I don't want this church to be ordinary. I want us to be a Jabez for Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. "Amen." But look at the third and the final thing. You not I want to see the person of Jabez and the promise of Jabez, but I love the prayer of Jabez. Now, there's a reason why Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. There's a reason Jabez. Was blessed more than anybody else. And there's a reason Jabez was more than everybody else, and he did more than everybody else. You find his prayer in verse 10. It's one of the greatest prayers in all the Bible. The Bible said it, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. You know what Jabez was doing? He said, He said, God, let me go. Let me out of the harnesses. Let me go. Jabez had a vision. Jabez had a dream. And he's revealed in his prayer. For one thing, he prays for God to enlarge his life. He prays, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. He was saying, Lord, let me take greater territory for you. Lord, let me expand my boundaries. Lord, let me be used of you like I've never been used before. It's a lot like the way Hudson Taylor often prayed, Lord, give me wider usefulness. And what Jabez was doing was saying, God, give me greater opportunities. Give me greater usefulness. Give me larger borders. Let me do more for you. He's asking God to enlarge him. Second of all, he's asking God to empower him. For you notice, not only does he pray that God enlarge his coast, but he prays that thy hand might be with me. You know what Jabez was asking God for? He's simply saying, God, I want your hand to be on my life. He's praying and asking God to touch his life and for God to empower his life. He's praying for the power of God. Now, you listen to me. I thank God for all we've got here. I thank God for what he continues to send in this place and what he continues to do here. And I'm amazed day after day and year after year where God has brought us. But I want you to understand something. The key to this ministry is not me and the key of this ministry is not our music the key of this ministry is whether or not the hand of god is upon us Amen. it is the power of god that makes a difference and jabez said lord what i want is the power of god yes. i love to read one of my favorite characters to read about is a man of, of another generation by the name of uncle buddy Robinson. uncle buddy Robinson is one of the most fascinating characters I've ever read about. Uncle Buddy was saved in a Methodist meeting, got what he called the second blessing in the Presbyterian meeting, got thrown out of the Methodist church, and he died a Nazarene. But he was a most unusual fellow. The way he said things, the way he put things, the way he went about life. He wrote a couple of books, and his grammar was so bad that they wrote him back, and they talked about where he put his commas and where he put his periods and whatever they trying to teach him, correct him, whatever. So finally what he did one time, in frustration, he just took a piece of paper and he wrote a whole line of dots and a whole line of commas, whole line of question marks, sent it to him and said, put it where it needs to go, amen. <laughs> but oh, Uncle Buddy, I've told it before. I love the story how he went to the doctor. He's having trouble hearing out of one ear. And the doctor checked him and said, Uncle Buddy, there's not a thing wrong with you but old age. And he said, no, I don't understand that. This ear was born the same time this one was, and I hear good how this is. But he was a very unique fellow. He said when he got saved, he couldn't read his name in boxcar letters, but when he got it from the altar, he could read his title clear to a mansion in the sky. Yeah. Uncle Buddy talked about a second blessing. Now, we might all, not everybody might not agree with everything he said, but in my estimation, what old Uncle Buddy was talking about was what Jabez was talking about. Lord, I want the hand of God to be upon me. And old Uncle Buddy, he talked about it. everywhere he went, traveled up down this country, telling people how they needed a second blessing. One night a fellow walked up to him and said, Uncle Buddy, he said, I am tired of hearing about a second blessing. He said, I have had two blessings. I have had three blessings. I have had four blessings. Uncle Buddy, I've had hundreds of blessings. And old Uncle Buddy said, then you won't mind if I just have two, do you? But old Uncle Buddy said, he, this Presbyterian came to town. And he went to hear him, and he preached on a second blessing. And he said, when I heard him preach, I said, I want a second blessing. And so he said, God, give it to me. God, I want what he's talking about. And he said, the Lord didn't give it to me. And again, Uncle Buddy was so unique. And old Uncle Buddy said he threw away his deck of cards. He threw away his old pistol. He put two mules and a bell of hay on the altar. And still God didn't give it to him. He said he even put his Presbyterian mother and his drunken brother on the altar and still God didn't give it to him. Finally, Uncle Buddy said, Lord, if you'll give it to me, I'll give every neighbor I've got a jug of molasses. And you know that I can make the best molasses a man ever wallet his biscuit in. And he said, still God didn't give it to me. Finally, the Lord said to him, Uncle Buddy, there's too much between you and me on the altar. And Uncle Buddy said, I took everything off the altar and I put myself on the altar. Then I got what I was asking for. What I'm talking about this morning is this. What Uncle Buddy wanted, what Jabez prayed for, is what we ought to pray for today. Oh, that the hand of God be upon us and the power of God be upon us. Be a Jabez for the Lord. Lord, enlarge my coast. Enlarge our abilities. Enlarge our opportunities to do more. Lord, empower us to do what you've called us to do. May the hand of God be upon us to be what we ought to be. But look at the third and the final thing. He prays not only that God would enlarge him and that God would empower him, but he prays that God would encompass him. For notice he said, Oh, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. See, the word keep, it's descriptive of a guard. It's like saying, God, I want you to put a guard about my life. I want you to encompass my life. What Jabez was saying is, God, don't let me fall into sin. He was saying, God, don't let sin have victory in my life Lord keep me from evil I think about what Jesus and how Jesus taught us to pray in Luke chapter 11 verse 4 he said forgive us our sins it's how he taught us to pray and to forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not in temptation but deliver us from evil now let me ask you to be honest for just a moment how many of you have ever committed a sin would you raise your hand how many of you have ever committed a sin? James, you've committed a sin. Won't you stand up and tell us about it? Tell us what it was. Amen. <laughs> but you that didn't raise your hand, I'll tell you what you do. Why don't you just, just say, Lord, I may have. Just, just take a stab at maybe that you have. But let me ask you this: How many of you have ever committed the same sin twice? how many of you have ever committed the same sin three times four times five times we all have <laughs> we all have but you don't know why that is a lot of times here's what happens we fail God we make a beeline to Calvary and we come and say, Oh God forgive me God forgive me and thank God that's what you ought to do and thank God when you do come he will forgive of sin but Jesus taught us not only to pray God forgive me Jesus taught us to pray, deliver me. You see what Jabez was saying, Lord, I want you to deliver me. Not only that we get forgiveness, but God, deliver me from the very thing that I'm doing. I'll never forget the story that Ivor Powell told here a number of years ago. And oh, how I think of Dr. Powell so often. I, I think of him just about every day of my life. And every time I think of him, I always just stop and pause and just remember. He meant so much. And I think about so many stories he told me as I carried him back and forth to the motel and different things and all of his books and whatever. But I'll never forget a story he told here in a meeting several years ago. It's from Wales, as you remember. And he told about a story in his home church in Wales and how every year at a New Year's Eve service they would come and they would gather around to pray. And some of you may remember this, but he told the story of a man that came every year and prayed the same prayer year after year after year after year. this is how the man would pray. It became, everybody knew how he was going to pray. It was the same thing every year. It came like a joke in the church there. But every year this man would come, and this is what he would pray. Oh God, clean out the cobwebs in my soul. And every year that same old prayer Oh God clean out the cobwebs in my soul Oh God clean out the cobwebs in my soul this went on year after year after year after year after year finally one year they met and this one fell he had heard that prayer all he wanted to hear he was tired of the same old prayer and he thought it didn't make any good and this old fella started praying Oh God clean out the cobwebs in my soul and this fella hollered out said no God kill that spider That's what I'm talking about. Jabez was not only asking for God to forgive him, but keep me. He was saying, God, kill those spiders in my life, those things that could drag me down, those things that could lead me into sin. God, keep me from evil. Notice the last part of verse 10. And God granted him that which he requested jabez prayed big and jabez got big answers a.b. Simpson said our God has boundless resources the only limit is in us our asking our thinking our praying is too small our expectations are too limited and C.S. Lewis said our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak for we're far too easily pleased." not jabez jabez wanted God to bless him and he was blessed jabez didn't want to live an average life and he didn't live an average life jabez wanted god to give him greater opportunities god gave him greater opportunities he wanted god to empower him god empowered him he wanted god to keep him and as far as we know that's exactly what happened in his life now i say unto you this morning as we began night or began 2000 it's going to take a while to get used to that when we as we began the year 2000 And as we move forward in what God wants us to do, this is what I'm asking you to do. This is what I'm asking you as a member. I'm asking you as your pastor not to be an average believer. I'm asking you to say, I want to be a J-Best for Jesus. I'm asking you as a church to say, I want to be a, we want to be a J-Best. We don't want to live with the ordinary. I don't want to be ordinary. We want to do the ordinary. We want to be extraordinary for God. We want to be more than we've ever been and do more than we've ever done and go farther than we've ever gone. Why? To be a Jabez for Christ. A stand to our feet, please. I want to be a Jabez for the Lord. Amen? Some of you young people ought to say today, I'm going to be a Jabez for God. The high schools are full of average Christians. You ought to say, I'm not going to be average anymore. The churches are full of average believers. You ought to say, I'm not going to be average anymore. As a church, we don't want to be average. But we want to be like Jabez. We sing in just a moment. I'm going to invite you to come for several reasons. One, there may be some of you in this building today that have never been saved. This would be a great day for you to come. great day for you to come and get it settled once and for all that you your sins are forgiven and that Jesus Christ lives in your heart and that you know that heaven is your home if you're in this building today and you don't know that you're saved I want to invite you to come in just a moment get up out of your seat and come our deacons have already come they're praying for you They're praying that God will open all of our hearts to his will and his word. But I'm asking you in a moment to get up out of your seat from the balcony all across the auditorium and if you'll walk down here the minute I see you, I'll have someone meet you and we won't do anything to embarrass you but we want to show you how you can go to heaven with us one of these days. How that you can escape hell and make heaven your home. There are those here today God is leading you to become a part of this fellowship You ought to come It's the will of God You ought to come and say Lord this is where you want me to be This is where you want me to serve God You ought to come There are some of you that are not living for God You used to live for God But you're away from God Won't you come today and say Lord I want to give my life to you I want to live for you I remember those days when I used to serve you I remember the joy that I had When I was serving you and living for you God I want to get back To where I can live for you and serve you again. To know that joy and to know that peace. And then I'm going to ask you this morning. You as a believer. How many of you will get up out of your seat this morning walk down here and say, God, don't come to me, but come to God. And say, God, I don't want to be average. I want to be a Jabez. I want to have the vision of Jabez. I want what Jabez had in his life. I want it in my life. I want God to do in me what he did for Jabez. I want to be like Jabez. God, enlarge me. Oh, God, empower me. God, encompass me. Lord, bless me and bless me indeed. Won't you do that? Our future depends upon you becoming a Jabez for Jesus. Where we go in the days to come, it's going to take more than average Christians. We need Jabez. We need some of you to say, I want to be a Jabez. I'm not going to be ordinary. I'm not going to be the average. I want to be a Jabez for Christ. Will you do that? When we begin to sing in a moment after I pray, I want you to get up out of your seat and come. Young people, moms and dads, and leaders and members and believers, walk down here and say, Dear God, I want to be a Jabez for Christ. Father, this morning in Jesus' name deliver us from the average God deliver us from the ordinary God you've never done anything special with the average you've never done anything special with people who were just ordinary that would just live ordinary you've taken average people and you've taken ordinary people and done something special but Lord you know what I mean Lord that when we just are average we're not willing to give you our lives we're not willing to give you our time we're not willing to be what we should be and go the extra mile lord all great works of God have been built on people that were like jabez you've never built anything special and unique on people that wanted to be average so God as we call upon you this morning I'm asking you Lord as we began this year in our 2000 vision I pray give us people that'll be a J-Best for you. Lord, put in our high schools teenagers that'll be a J-Best. Put out in the marketplace from this place people that'll be a J-Best. Give us leaders that'll be a J-Best. Make me a J-Best. Lord, stir us today. Enlarge us, empower us, encompass us. Lord, don't let us be just an average Christian because Lord we don't have an average job to do we have an urgent job and it needs more than just the average let us be Jabez like Jabez in Jesus name as we sing you come May God speak to your heart make the commitment today I don't want to be an average Christian I want to be a Jabez for Christ Will you do that? Join these that have come. Cross the building. You come. Come. I want to be a Jabez. Enlarge me. Empower me. Encompass me. I want to be a Jabez. Oh, yes. Oh, I want to be blessed of you, blessed indeed. Oh, let the Lord work in all of our hearts. God, give us many, many. It'll be a jabez. Oh, absolutely. To thee
1: my blessing.
0: Just continue to sing. You folks pray as long as you want to, others come. Amen. Rise above mediocrity. Don't live an average life. Let God do something special with you. Be something special. Let God make something special out of you. He can, He wants to be a jay Bears for Christ oh yes I
1: surrender all oh yes
0: let him work in your heart I surrender all that's rising above the ordinary my blessed Savior. I surrender. Just continue to sing, continue to sing. Amen. Oh, yes. Amen. Oh, yes. Let me be everything that I can be. Let me do all that I can do. For Jesus' sake. For Jesus' sake, rising above the ordinary. I surrender all. Absolutely, I surrender all others. We'll do the little where he leads me I will follow We're going to do the little chorus that we sing here so often where he leads me or lead me Lord I will follow Will you pray that this morning as you sing it will you pray that lead me Lord I will follow and mean that from your heart saying Lord I want to do something for you I've lived so much of my Christian life as an average Christian. I come to church, I sit on the pew, but to say that I really got involved and really got busy, got concerned about reaching loved ones, got concerned about seeing people saved, got concerned about sending missionaries around the world, got concerned about growing a Sunday school class, got concerned about doing what God wanted me to do. I must admit, I've never really got concerned That's what I'm talking about this morning, not being like the average believer because the average Christian doesn't care. But Jabez, he didn't want to be like everybody else, and he wasn't like everybody else. God said that he was more honorable than his brethren. Jabez was the cream of the crop. Jabez stood head and shoulders above everybody else. He wanted to be blessed. Blessed indeed, the Bible said his prayer reveals the passion of his heart. And God honored him, blessed him, heavily blessed him. And I want you to know that everyone in this room today can be a Jabez. God can bless you, you and you and you, every one of us. He wants to bless us. Oh, my soul, how he wants to bless us. And we'll let him, he'll bless us and load us with benefits. Sing this collectively this morning from your heart. Sing it prayerfully. Lead me, Lord, I will follow you. Sing it. Oh, yes. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to honor you. I want my life to count for Christ. I want to be used of God. Absolutely. Sing it now. Sing it again. Lord. Oh, get in on what the Lord is doing. Let him make a J-Benz out of you. Oh, yes, Lord. Lead me.
1: Absolutely, you have called me,
0: I will answer. Let's sing it one more time. Lord, I will go. Sing it one more time, then we're going to pray.